It was late 1990s, and the Walt Disney Company was laying the groundwork to become the dominating entertainment company it is today, under the leadership of podcast favorite Michael Eisner. But despite what you may have heard, it wasn't all great ideas in printing money. No, the Eisner era led to what many consider the worst attraction in Disney history. This week on Slice of Disney, Superstar Limo. Aren't you Hollywood's newest superstar? Please be sure to keep your arms, legs, and egos inside the limo at all times. There's a collect call for you. It's your new agent. Swifty here, babe. Welcome to Hollywood. Looking sensational as always. Listen, I'll have your contract for you. Welcome to Slice of Disney, an awesome Disney theme park podcast. I am your host, Kelly Washington, Disney-obsessed enthusiast and real-life Tinkerbell. And I am your co-host, Will Lentz, occasional Disney-goer and real-life Eisner fanboy. Yeah, okay. I'm gonna, I've not- deci- I have decided it. Uh, I am going to make the case, not on today's episode because I've not done enough research, that Eisner, best thing to happen to the Disney Corporation since Walt. You, there's actually a lot of people who would agree with you. Oh, uh, and man, one day, that makes me less unique. I don't want to do it anymore. <laughs> so, a.k.a., Will, you're really just a fan of anything other people are not a fan of. Yeah, I'm a contrarian. Yes. That's what they call it in the industry. Oh, okay. The industry of haters? Mm-hmm. Is that mm-hmm. like a thing? <laughs> yeah. We have we have uh, clubs, uh, little, little secret club meetings, and you're not invited to them. All that reminds me of his friends... And the episode where Brad Pitt was like Ross's best friend in high school, and they came and they had the I Hate Rachel Club. Very important for Disney theme park podcast, obviously. Uh, that sounds uh, fun. I, I like the concept. I <laughs> uh, didn't watch Friends, but. I could have a Friends podcast. Uh, yeah. My knowledge of Friends is embarrassing. Um, <laughs> but what is not embarrassing? Well, it's embarrassing for the Disney Corporation, not embarrassing for me to talk about is Superstar Limo. Yeah, uh, and also kind of like ties in, you know, friends, uh, superstars of the 90s. Maybe if if they could have worked the friends uh, cast into this right, maybe it would have been more successful. (laughs) I don't know. There's a lot of reasons it wasn't, and I'm excited to get into why it was not. So this is truly one of my absolute favorite Disney things to talk about, and I'm not over-exaggerating. We wanted to do it for the month of April. Because of April Fools, mm-hmm. because it feels like a big April Fools joke that Disney uh, spent money on and put out. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and if you don't know what Superstar Limo is, Superstar Limo is a dark ride that opened in two thousand one with Disney's California Adventure um, in Anaheim. It is a ride where a little spoiler alert for you, but it was so poorly received, it was open for less than a year. Yeah. Um- I, I guess I don't know uh, how many other attractions can say that. I do not know, but I guarantee it's not very many. <laughs> yeah, this this definitely is on like the list of like the uh, biggest failures of Disney um, attractions in general. So uh, yeah, it, it makes sense that it was only around for a year. It's hard for me to think of one that is worse than this. I find it fascinating that Disney put money into this, put a put effort time and release something knowing it's probably not a great idea so to get into a little of the backstory um we have to kind of get into a little bit of the history of disney's california adventure 
We're going to do an episode on that this year, so we'll save a lot of it for then. But um, in the 1980s, Disney was really struggling. They their theme parks were doing okay, and that's where most of their revenue was coming from. But the actual uh, the studio, the movie studio, was tanking. Hadn't had a hit in a while. Yeah, and it was so bad actually. Like they were concerned there was going to be a takeover of Disney, which is really fun to. And I don't know, if fun's the right word. It's really interesting to think about like uh, how things, how different things could have been. Um, oh yeah, because now Disney is a thing that we are. We just all acknowledge owns everything, and so it's like, they, you know, someone they're else doing owned the, them. <laughs> they're doing the takeover. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, who yeah. knows? But still, it, very weird. Very crazy. Um, so in. In the 80s, they're trying to figure out what they're going to do. And at the time, um, they were considering putting a second park in California. They had the huge parking lot for Disneyland. That was really all the space they had because, you know, they didn't buy that much space in Anaheim like they did in Florida. So they knew that they wanted to do something, but they weren't really sure what. And in 1984, this, again, lowest point, of Disney. Um, the CEO, his name was Ron W. Miller. He was only the CEO of Disney for a year because they Disney was like, yeah, sorry, this isn't working. And they were just desperate, grabbing at straws, having to do something. So they brought in our boy, Michael Eisner. Uh, the answer to all of our our prayers and and like look i i do i made a joke earlier about saying that he's a he's like a good thing that happened but um clearly there was a transition period between what they were and where they are now and and he was at the helm of it maybe some bad ideas but a lot of ideas and you know oh yeah so many i think that that's why i love to hate on him yes he did a lot of brilliant things but he came in hot okay he's like i'm ready to turn this company around i don't know exactly like he he just was like Boom, boom, boom. I know how to fix the studio. I got it. That's the world I understand. He did. Then we have over in the theme park section what he doesn't know that well. Hey, I got a son, and I'm going to trust my kids' opinions. Love uh, that. You know, <laughs> yes, we're going to keep bringing stuff in. I and think so, uh, well, to foreshadow for a second, I do think a lot of that, like, industry knowledge and studio knowledge uh, – and belief in that is kind of what led to this being such a disastrous attraction, um, and and we'll get oh. to we'll get to that as we get as we get into it. But but I do think like you have a ton of great ideas on the studio side, and then you go to the parks and you're like, well, all my great ideas will be great here too, and it's like, mm, will they though? Right, right. I that actually makes a lot of sense. Um, and even though this, I you know, Michael Eisner's ideas were coming in hot it took 10 years to actually make a part a second park in california because he got real distracted which is why i like to make fun of him so you know so a little a tiny bit of history on that like he was like yes we're definitely we need a park overseas euro euro disney it's gonna be great and then he would see stuff and get really excited like oh well bush gardens has an animal park Cool. We can make one. So we're going to make... So he greenlit Animal Kingdom, right? And then sure. and then Hollywood Studios, he was like, well, Universal Studios does studio things. We can we can do that too. Yeah. Uh, and or, hey, there's this like hot place in Florida where like teens go to themed clubs and dance. We need that too. So he, anything he saw, it felt like he had to have it as well. 
totally and i mean like look netflix is doing streaming we need disney plus oh wait that wasn't michael eisner that was much later <laughs> but still you know I, I guess maybe it started that sort of like what's working for other people let's do it here we got uh, yeah unfortunately i think with the eisner uh, reign it was like a lot of um poor execution maybe that led to yeah. like i mean you had things like animal kingdom great and then you well, had things even... like the disney nightclubs which i don't know the names of because they didn't succeed yeah <laughs> yeah it was the um it was the Pleasure Island there area. Go. I knew it had come up on this show before, but yeah, I couldn't we've talked remember to, what it was. We've talked about it a little bit, but I was too young, so uh, I have to have someone who experienced it come on and talk about it. But the one of the failed ideas was Euro Disney. Euro Disney was... He realized what was working in Tokyo was not necessarily going to work in Europe, and... It, it really put a big damper on all the plans that they had for the West Coast. One of the ideas that was probably the biggest idea they were going to go with on the West Coast was called Westcott. Because yeah. Epcot was such a huge success. So they're like, oh, we can just take everything there. And they were going to have like a bigger spaceship Earth and like different countries. and um, But basically the same idea. Yeah, and, and and I think it's worth mentioning one of the reasons I think that that came up for them wanting to do this kind of stuff on the West Coast was like they needed multi they needed people to have a multi day vacation right you know they were like you can come to Disneyland you go there and you leave you might not even have to stay in our resorts because like you just go it's a one day kind of thing it's like if we can have two parks now people are going to be like we got to stay. And we got to do right. both parks. We got to let's stay in their resort. And and so that's what they were really trying to establish was like, let's make the destination the vacation and not like the vacation where you, 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 you jaunt on over to Anaheim for a day and go and yeah. do other stuff. Yeah, they really wanted it to be a multi-day experience as they saw it was proven to work at Disney World. Yes. So, um, so that was the original idea of it. They announced this Westcott idea in 1991. And by 1995, they had to scrap it because because they just didn't have the budget and the idea just wasn't going to work. They didn't have the space. There's a lot going on there. So this is one of my favorite moments that I wish I was a fly on the wall for. So during the summer of 1995, Eisner got all of his execs together and they went to Aspen to brainstorm because Love that's it. what you do. Uh, also a friend's moment, I guess. I just was just watching Friends. Uh, but like Phoebe, when she meets Mike, who is played by Paul Rudd's family, and realizes they're really rich, she like starts talking. like, And she's like, where do you summer? And I feel like that's Michael Eisner and his um, execs. Like, where do you summer? A work a retreat to Aspen. Funny that that makes you think of... Uh... Friends, it makes me think of Succession when they go to like their little tech oh. outing or whatever, like in oh. the mountains, and they're all like, "We're business people." Burr, 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 burr. Also, but, vulgarities. Yeah, and then they do that like crazy pig thing. Oh yeah, oof, yeah, that was uh, a really hard episode to watch. That was. I forgot about that. Thank you for bringing up the really <laughs> that part of it, because man, that was tough. Uh, you know what I didn't realize? I wrote, "Where do you summer?" in my notes. I and I, that's so funny. I actually had written that, and I didn't. I didn't read it, so I didn't know that's really <laughs> um, uh, So while they're on this work retreat, part of their thought was, yes, you know, people go to Florida for Disney. So they're already just insulting Florida, but that's fine. They're like, people don't go to Florida to, like, check out Florida landscape and stuff. They go for Disney World. Sure. That is the destination. 
where when people go to California, they like to see the beaches, the redwoods, San Francisco, Los Angeles, you know, they want to experience so much because California is freaking huge and has so much to see. Yeah. So Disneyland had more time, you know, had more trouble competing. As we were saying, it's a one day trip. People would go to Disneyland and then they might go up to San Francisco or Los Angeles or whatever. So completely ignoring the ideas of the previous people in charge of Disney of like, hey, we don't want to have New Orleans Square too close in Florida. We don't think they'll be interested in pirates uh, in Florida because they already Because there's so much pirate iconography here. Yeah. So Michael Eisner and his team of execs were like, "Mm, you know what? People in California would love a theme park about California. I actually think it's an interesting idea. It's an interesting concept. Um, and it does explain, like, I, I was I was happy to read this part because it does explain the question that we've had for a long time. Why do you have all this California stuff in a place where I can go see the actual stuff that's not too far away? Um, I don't know that it works in execution. And I think, uh, again, not to tease too much our, our upcoming California Adventure episode, I think we'll see the, re- the reaction to the, the park was 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 very muted in a, in the polite way to put it. Um, but, okay, I, I, I get it. They're like, instead of letting people go um, to the Orange Groves, we'll bring the Orange Groves here with Soarin' Over California. So, like, I understand where they're coming from. I understand having one attraction where you get to see lots of California. I don't understand an entire theme park. And look, sure. no, I, I, yeah, yeah. California Adventure is like one of my favorite places now, but it really is kind of just like the IP park now because mm-hmm. it'll have, it has Pixar, it'll have Marvel, yeah. you know, it doesn't have that, that California side is getting smaller and smaller. Yes. Um. But... I, I just, I, yeah, it's like, why do I want a Hollywood section when I can go to Los Angeles? I mean, maybe I would want that because it's cleaner than the actual Los Angeles, but I mean. <laughs> well, I think, I think ultimately where we get to is like where it is now, which is like the reason that this becomes a multi-day experience is not because, oh, I don't have to go to the beaches because they're here. It's because there's a second park that has a lot of really cool stuff in it. <laughs> so it's like right. just focus on execution <laughs> of like cool things and people will go to it and, and extend their vacation for it. Yeah. But at the time, these execs thought that it was like a great idea. I also question why it was only execs and not Imagineers. Or were there Imagineers that were a part of this decision? I don't know. I don't know. We'll get know. into we will we'll, we're gonna get into it, um, eventually. So they were they decided to fill this California themed theme park with all different areas and lands that uh, you'd see in the state of California, and then the president of Disneyland, his name was Paul Pressler, he decided instead of relying on these Imagineers, which is probably gonna answer my question I just asked of did the Imagineers choose you know were they at this big meeting. He chose to rely on the merchandise and retail staff. Wait, what? Yeah, so instead of um, like relying on these Imagineers to come up with like, like think of Animal Kingdom and just how much intricacy and work went into that. This yeah. was like, no, we want to focus on having an adult-oriented theme park where people go to dine aka, and drink and shop. And we're not as focused on, I feel like, the overall experience it felt like it it felt cheap like 
Yeah, that, makes that sense. seems no, it does. Uh, it feels like he's they're focusing on like how can we make an outdoor mall that has some California themes. Everyone right. will love it and change their entire vacation to come here. Um, <laughs> and, it seems very silly. Look, also, uh, I, I do want to point out before we get too far away from it, you say his name was Paul Pressler. So he was President Paul Pressler. That's just like a tongue twister. President <laughs> Paul Pressler. Paul, that's, President that's, Paul, <laughs> that's actually very funny. He was pressing. Pressler was pressing. Yeah. Um, he was pure pressing people into <laughs> buying things. Yeah, um, I love it. I love it. Uh, I think. I think that like right now, this concept of basically having an outdoor mall while all you do is eat, aka the touch of Disney that I'm going to in a week. Um, <laughs> Yeah, during COVID, great, awesome. Normal times, no thank you. Like, I I want the rides, I want the stimulation, I want the very immersive experience and environment. Well, while we're talking outdoor mall kind of things, uh, it was downtown Disney, uh, did that exist at this point? When did that come about? Oh, actually, well, actually, so it opened in 2001 along with Disney's California Adventure. They just cleared all the space and put it in. Okay, um, well, that, it, that, that kind of makes sense, because I do think that that's the right execution of, like, Outdoor Mall is downtown Disney. Like, you go shop there, but then, like, give me my attractions in other places. I agree. I, God, I don't look forward to going back to our downtown Disney after going to Disney Springs, because Disney Springs is so big. It's so freaking cool, and the restaurants are so good, and I'm not, don't want to hate on downtown Disney too much, because there's some good spots, but, like, it's, it's just... It's sad. It's it really it. is sad yeah, comparatively. Sure, sure, sure. Um, but so in California Adventure, let's let's focus on the land that is going to get us to Superstar Limo, okay. which was Hollywood Land. Because um, again, the idea here is like, how can we bring the stuff that you'll want to see in California here, so you don't go to Hollywood? Right. And this was opening after Disney's Hollywood Studios. And Hollywood Land is already a part of Hollywood Studios in Walt Disney World, where our dear Tower of Terror is. And this, the version in Florida is, like, themed after the golden age of Hollywood in the 1930s and 40s. And, you know, like, this, a fun thing to visit because it does feel different. Mm -hmm. Like, if I'm going to want to see Hollywood Land, I do want to see it during that time. That's fun. That's the, that's the iconic Hollywood that people are like, that seems so glamorous and great. Right. Um, this was going to be not that. They said, yeah, we're just going to go with exactly now, just current times. And yes, oh, you could drive 30 miles away and get to, to Disney, or excuse me, you could go 30 miles away and go to actual Hollywood. But yeah, we're just going to put another one right here. And the idea was going to be that um, you'd see, you know, the strip and whatever and the... Um, they would have the uh, the Grauman Chinese Theater. And then one of the main things you would see when you would walk into this land was going to be an actual, it was going to be a show building for a ride, but it was going to look like the LAX X theme building, which if you haven't been to LAX, one, congratulations, you're really lucky. LAX is the, I, it's the worst airport. <laughs> yes. I mean, I, I don't know if it's the worst airport, but it's pretty bad. It's a, oh. a, it's never a fun time. Uh, no, going there. Yeah. I feel like the Atlanta airport is so efficient and like, I don't, I'm, I'm not like dreading going. Yeah. LAX needs a big overhaul and they'll never be able to do it. JFK needs 
needs help too. Yeah. It's huge and a mess. Um, but so in the middle of LAX, there's this very futuristic Jetsons kind of looking building mm-hmm. where, do you know, how should I describe this? Like, it's kind of, I mean, it's is, it is kind of hard to describe. It is like iconic and it's like kind of got these arches and it kind of goes up into like a little uh, circular room, it looks like, I think. Yeah, but that's like, a I restaurant. I guess it's a restaurant, but who eats there? I don't know. Um, yeah, so like, a weird, a weird choice to be like, oh, uh, if I think of classic Los Angeles things, I think of this. Let's put it in our park. Well, well, the reason they chose it is because Imagineers were actually working on renovating it at the time. Oh, okay. The actual, the actual LAX building. Right, 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 right. So th- I feel like they were just like, yeah, that's convenient. Sure, why not? Um, it's called the Encounter Restaurant. Okay. Um, but yes, they thought like, oh, this will be great. Um, we'll have this be the show building for our big attraction of Hollywoodland, Superstar Limo. Heck yeah. Heck yeah. So the original concept of Superstar Limo wasn't terrible. Um, some people actually liked the original idea. I still am not stoked on it, but I, uh, I, I, would, I would have liked it more. So the original idea is that you are the hottest celebrity in town. And Michael Eisner would uh, pop up on your screen and he would be like, hey, like, you're late for a premiere. You still got to sign your contract. I don't Here's know. the thing. If I'm the hottest celebrity <laughs> in town, uh, I am not late. Uh, things start when I arrive. But sure, Michael. Ugh. I think, yeah, that's just how I live my life. Yeah, um, that is just- true. That is how you live your life. <laughs> I'm terrible at timing. Yeah, you're not good. Um, <laughs> um, uh, I also, um, for those who are not in the entertainment business, there's no world where you would uh, have finished filming something in completion, be ready for the premiere, but never have signed a contract. Yeah, um, for sure, for sure. But he does, they're, not, he, they're not likely to have, the, at least now. I mean, I don't know what it was like back then, but I can't imagine now where it's like, we're at the premiere of your uh, movie. Also, I have paperwork here for you to sign. It's like that could... <laughs> That gets done in, like, the normal right. working hours or your agent right. is dealing with it or whatever is my <laughs> guess. I don't know. Also, being the hottest celebrity in town, uh, Michael Eisner has to warn you to look out for the paparazzi because they are in full force because you are a big star. And if you get caught doing anything to ruin your image, Eisner's going to cancel the deal. Yeah. And so this I- and the idea was going to be um, – it was a high-speed chase. It was going to be a mix of a dark ride and a family-friendly real- – family friendly roller coaster so the way that i would like to describe it is like mr toad's wild ride on steroids interesting i was thinking it's kind of like uh, a little bit lesser of a rock and roller coaster right um featuring aerosmith because uh, it, 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 but, but like, I think it probably meets those two in between, like, yeah. Just, well, yeah, so because it's not, because it's more family friendly and probably not super high speed, um, but does have that kind of like, ah, we're going through, we're busy. The, the, I'm the sh- theme, the theme is rushed. Yes. I would, and at the time, they actually were, I think the idea of, um, of rock and roller coaster was they were working on it. So right. I'm sure there was a reason, like, to, that they, you know, were kind of a similar idea, but this one would be a much, much uh, more tame roller coaster, more, you know, very family friendly. So the whole right. family could go on it, which is important. Um, 
And you were going to see a lot of, like, fun gags that you would see through Hollywood. Like, one of the ones that's a well-known one was there is a hot dog stand called Tale of the Pups. And you would see this man in, like, this rhinestone jumpsuit. And it would sound like he's farting. But he would turn around and it was actually Elvis squirting mustard. Classic. Classic Classic flatulence jokes. Gotta love it. Uh Um, And it would end with guests getting to the theater, being told... Um, that Eisner was canceling the contract because you were caught by the paparazzi. And then there would be a tabloid with your photo on it, and it would be like a ride photo. Uh, And of course, you would exit to the red carpet, entering you to the gift shop, which would have like, you know, small fake Oscars and funny, the kind of stuff you see on Hollywood Boulevard. Exactly. Um, and honestly, I I think that does sound like kind of a fun ride. I mean, not, not a great one, but like it seems like a solid execution for what the general concept is. I, I yeah. do think the Elvis flatulence joke, like, come on, we can punch this up. We can get some better <laughs> jokes in there. But but it's kind of different. It's kind of unique. I, I, I see what they're going for, um, even if it's not like a reason for me to go to the parks in and of itself. Right. Yeah, I... I... I think it would have lasted more than a year. Absolutely. Absolutely. If it was in that iteration. If it was this version. Unfortunately, this version couldn't happen because in August of 1997, Princess Diana had passed away in a horrific traffic accident where she was in a limo. And supposedly what had happened was they were fleeing from the paparazzi and the limo driver lost control of the wheel and it devastated not just you know the whole world i mean everybody knew of it every it was it was a very sad moment for the entire world yeah i mean i remember it as a as a kid i've never been big on the royal family as a whole but like it definitely is a huge news story elton john didn't he like write candle in the wind or at least dedicated it to princess diana during this time so like yeah there was clearly like now is not the time to be releasing an attraction where you're trying to escape the paparazzi in a limo. Oh, oh yeah. And Disney had to really think on their feet fast and because it came off like this sick, gross joke making fun of the tragic event. So yeah. they, they completely scrapped the idea initially um, of just Superstar Limo altogether. It was going away and they wanted to bring just one of the attractions that was already at Hollywood Studios over to the Hollywood land. Um, in... And so what they were thinking is adding, like you said, Rock and Roller Coaster, Tower of Terror, or the Great Movie Ride. It seemed that the the front runner was going to be Tower of Terror. And part of that was, and I, again, I'd like to talk about this again when we talk about uh, California Adventure, but that Michael Eisner really, really, really wanted to have a ride slash hotel. Right. Uh, we talked about that for a second on Tower of Terror. But yeah, like he had the idea of like guests would be staying in this hotel while this like major thrill ride of screaming people is going on. Right, 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 right. Uh, completely. I mean, you know, it is easy to pick on him because he had so many ideas and, you know, not every idea is going to be a great one. Um, and that's a very silly one that is fun to fun to mock now because uh, he, he took a lot of swings. Yes, he did. Um The biggest thing about bringing any of these attractions over to California Adventure is that they're all really expensive. So, and money was already so tight because of the Euro Disney failure and trying to deal with some other things. So, they decided, all right, let's keep Superstar Limo. 
What what if we just change it up? We remove all the paparazzi. There's no more high speed anymore. It's just going to be a classic dark ride. Um, and we'll do more sightseeing bits and more Hollywood insider gags. And, and I think important to note, they will not uh, license imagery from people. They will only include people that Disney is already under contract with. So any type yes. of like celebrity interaction they can have in there is like, People that we, which now I think they could do a, a better version of it because they have yeah. like so many more celebrities and actors. But at yeah, the time, I, it was like a limited repertoire. Yeah, at the time, it was like only people they'd already worked with or like really cheap people. Yeah. Which... Right, right, right. It's like, <laughs> why is this person here? I don't know. Yeah. Um, uh, and the Imagineers, even when they pitched this idea, like they knew it sucked. They mm-hmm. just didn't really have any other option because they're like, the park is going to open. This land has to have an attraction. We can't just have this like random area. Mm-hmm. Um, so what do we do? And they just were like, oh, we'll, we'll just pitch this and see what happens. Uh, much to their dismay, Michael Eisner loved it. He I know. Lo- I know. <laughs> he, he loved all of these inside Hollywood jokes. He just thought, you know what? This is hilarious. Um, <laughs> I feel like he like felt seen. You know? Well, that's what I was going to say. That's what I was le- alluding to earlier on, which is like, he was a studio guy. He knew how to do this kind of stuff. So obviously in his mind, it's like, oh, everyone would love a, a ride that's about my life, which is not entirely <laughs> like, you know, everyone kind of has these this cognitive bias. And I think that a lot of times if you ever talk to someone um, when The Office was very popular and that was a, a show, I think everyone was like, oh, well, they should do an office, except it's about like um, the steelworking plant that I work at. And it's like, well, yes, because everyone thinks that their own that their own life has like these really funny moments that could turn into something that everyone would love. And if so, the execution is there, sure, maybe. Yeah, but, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. <laughs> right, but it was pretty clear that the execution wasn't going to be there on this because they, it was so constrained. But it doesn't surprise me that Eisner was like, yeah, no, totally. I I love Drew Carey, so of he, course. <laughs> yeah, he went ahead and he greenlit it uh, with Drew Carey uh, in it. And... <laughs> And um, so the budget and the time restraint and quite honestly, just like the lack of ideas, the lack of creativity that went into this, the Imagineers like really, really had to work hard to make this because now that they actually had to do it, they didn't want to be embarrassed. So they tried to do the best that they could possibly do. But the budget was really tight. And they, they even had to do stuff like, remember how I said that you would see the Grauman Chinese Theater and you that would actually be a gift shop area we had they had to fill space on this attraction so they had to put that in there as just part of the attraction i mean they literally were pulling at strings trying to make something work i think there's uh, some important context here for anyone that um hasn't like looked into this ride that much before or but has been to the parks this is this is where monsters inc is now so you can think about that kind of level of like that's the that's the space that they're working with um like in in kind of how they're gonna like the 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 attraction like real estate that they have to kind of fill and 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 then the pathway that they need to kind of take as they're going through this stuff yeah it's uh it's the show building over there and and they when filling this space and it was going to be a slow dark ride which I think then you have more time to look and observe as yeah. the as the audience member or as the you know writer, and 
they went from having they had like this huge they wanted like the outside area to be this like really cool um invite like a display of hollywood or to have that big like we said the x the lax uh building they ended up having to reduce it to these like super super corny cutouts that now are covered with monstropolis doors um but they it everything became the but that exterior kind of gave you a clue what the rest of the ride was going to be like it was going to be corny it was going to be cutouts the only three-dimensional things in the entire ride were going to be these celebrities. And they weren't even audio animatronics. Right. They were just, they w- like, models. They were, like, really corny. They looked like... Their faces looked like... Um, you know when you go, like, see a caricature artist? Yes. Uh-huh. They, they all kind of looked like that of the celebrity. And they, the celebrity would kind of just, like, bob back and forth awkwardly. Like, they were well, barely moving. Have you ever seen a celebrity in person, Kelly? That's what they do. <laughs> That's, I yeah, that's, saw yeah, Colin that's, Firth at the donut shop one day, and he just was like, he just bobbed. Back, bobbing back and forth. And I was like, come on, man. I got to get my donuts. <laughs> um, yeah, when I think about it and how much this reminds me of Mr. Toad's Wild Ride, and it is this, like, it was supposed to be this, like, crazy adventure, but it was you could still do that on a dark ride. The cutouts are really not any better. Like, the quality, other than the celebrities that are 3D, Everything else that's a part of it looks like just a brighter colored version of Mr. Toad's, even though this is, you know, many years later. Yeah, I, I'll, I'll, I'll drop this in here. Um, there was not a Yelp page for Superstar Limo, but I did find some some quotes and we'll, we'll go to those <gasps> more in my segment. Um, but this one, I think, since it's relevant right now, uh, I found that Eisner um, during like the uh, press previews uh with all the media members um launching superstar limo uh he is quoted as saying the other attractions are high tech this one is low tech as a way to try to sell it um in not a very successful way because who wants to go but but i think that that just like goes to play with like yes it is it is closer to a mr toad's wild ride level of um technology sophistication than it is from 1955 yeah and this is 2001 now yeah i feel like that quote kind of tells you exactly where michael eisner was at that point before the ride opened he realized it was going to be bad yeah totally he he knew at this point he was like "Uh uh-oh what did i do what did i green light so it was going to open no matter what, but he decided to protect himself and save face. You got to. Got to. <laughs> so, so he decided to do things like originally he was going to be the host of it as you got in your limo and everything. Nope. Imagineers, take me out and instead replace me with this like sleazy, cheesy agent that's like, oh, you got to sign your contracts. Um, yeah, he's, he's kind of, it is uh, probably the funniest part of the ride. <laughs> It, Which is, and not necessarily intentionally funny, but like in the like, this is the classic kind of like weird Hollywood agent guy that we've seen. So he's now the narrator that's taking you kind of through the, through the he's ride. A, yeah, he's like a sleazy, greasy looking dude. Um, so he's now your host. Mm-hmm. And a bit that was in there that Michael Eisner loved, but in Saving Face decided to take out. There was a moment where there's a reference to DreamWorks animation. Um and it said, dream jerks. Ooh. <laughs> um, and it was referring to the ongoing feud with former Disney president, Jeffrey Katzenberg. Who and Quibi, famous Jeffrey Katzenberg. Gotta love it. I mean, look, Jeffrey Katzenberg, Dreamworks is great. So 
good there. Quibi, not so much. Not so um, much. <laughs> I'm sure, I was... like, my... I wonder if Michael Eisner was, like, celebrating when Quibi failed. I'm, I'm sure he, like, at least sent a few uh, jokey texts. Yes. So, the way that any superstar experience is going to start is you're going to enter the ride queue. And the ride queue begins with a st- an LAX uh, airport baggage claim area. I mean, you hop off the plane at LAX, you get your uh, shoes and your cardigan, right? Well, Miley Cyrus got it right, you know. <laughs> she wasn't sure if she was going to fit in. But this ride, when you show up, the, like, baggage claim. Again, it's all, like, cartoon cutout looking. Mm-hmm. Nothing is realistic looking at all. Um, and the baggage claim is, like, towered with a bunch of stuff, like, baggage, and then wrapped Oscars because, of course. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, bringing all my ba- I'm bringing all my Oscars with me. <laughs> but they're, like, individually wrapped, like, no, like that. Yeah. Ugh, adorable. That yeah. That very expensive large piece of gold is gonna just be mm-hmm. chilling. Um, and during this time, there's all of these really just hilarious things being said over the intercom, like no standing, no parking, no working on your tan. The white zone is for loading and unloading. No smoozing. This is uh. This is all the kind of stuff that Eisner was like. This is my life. I love it. <laughs> yeah, I'm in the middle of LAX and I'm schmoozing. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, a great one. All carry-on luggage must not be larger than your ego. Ooh. Got him. And so at this point, you're getting, you're really getting the vibe. And there's going to be, like, TVs as well in the waiting area. And there's going to be a really bad puppet of the late Joan Rivers that shows up on your television in this, like, news report uh, talking about the newest sensation. So you're getting the ho- the true Hollywood experience. Yeah, I, you know, I'm thinking about this, and I'm like, man, I feel bad for those Imagineers that had to put all this together. Or the people that were whatever. Like, well, I guess we need a Joan Rivers puppet. Uh, <laughs> I know that this isn't great, but it's all we got right now. I mean, she is a very iconic news person, but sure. yeah, it's no, like, oh, yeah. so you would come up uh, to these limos and they're like purple and sparkly and super corny looking with stars and stuff on them. And the riot operators are dressed as uh, val- in these valet outfits and they're going to help you to your seat. You would sit down and there's going to be little TVs, which are still there if you ride the Monsters, Inc., uh, Mike and Sully to the rescue, right. these little screens on the side. And the screen's going to light up, and you're going to be introduced to your greasy new agent, Swifty LaRue. Uh, so, like, yeah, I like that the, the, the premise is sort of like, you get off the plane at LAX, you get into a limo, your agent is calling it, calling you, and it's like, and look, I know this doesn't make a ton of sense, because you're going to your premiere, but also you've never been to LA before. So, uh, <laughs> but trust me, you've already produced a movie and people are excited for it. So yes. get here so as quick it. as you can, but also do it slowly and safely. Yes. There's not going to be any high speed chases, but we do need you to sign your contract at the premiere. So you got to get to the premiere. Right. So your adventure begins and the first place we're going to go is Beverly Hills. Um, it doesn't look like a Beverly Hills I've ever seen. It looks, it's kind of, it's scary to me. Like it feels, I wrote this down because I really feel this way. It feels like as if Beverly Hills was a circus made for a Tim Burton film. <laughs> okay, that sounds terrifying. It's it's very brightly colored, but like there's something, I don't know, like dark about the artistry of it. Okay. 
I that's that was kind of my feeling of it. Um, and then you see the late Regis Philman fanning himself with money, which is kind of a reference to Who Wants to Be a Millionaire, um, which was an ABC property. And then next you're going to see Melanie Griffith and Antonio Banderas kind of like hugging each other while drinking milkshakes. Great. Yeah, that's that. This is like the level. Like, look, I'm not saying that they're not uh, very popular and famous people, but like. If I'm thinking, like, how can I make the most classic L.A. star-studded thing, I'm not like Melanie Griffith and Antonio Banderas drinking milkshakes. Are they also, like, were they dating or something? Or did they just, like, put, I don't, you know, I'm not, I'm not up to my Hollywood goss of 2001. Me neither. neither. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, they're, like, kind of just standing there. And then you see, like, you know, the beautiful, and I forget how they describe her, but uh, Cindy Crawford. And she's literally just standing. She's just, her cartoon body is just standing there Um, it didn't have it didn't have the opportunity to really like dive into a narrative arc it's like let's just put her in there great that that's what it feels like you're just kind of going through places that you know are in hollywood and here's random stars standing there so the next place you go is the sunset strip and you're gonna see tim allen the ever like the funny man tim allen doing stand up on this little stage and then um, just kind of in the same room is Jackie Chan just kicking. It really does feel like they tried to take like a uh, what you see in, in Los Angeles, like the Hollywood tours, buses that go around or like the little vans. Oh, yeah. Or, like, and if you look to your left, that's where uh, Cindy Crawford stood once on a, on a street corner. And everyone's like, oh, my God. They tried to turn that into this is what it feels like. This, that, that they're turning this into an attraction. Yeah, there's not really much of a narrative. And, you know, we hear, like, we talked about Big Thunder Mountain. And it's a roller coaster. And there is, like, pages and pages and pages of narrative. Right. That's this, a good comparison. The way that I'm going about this and explaining, and then this happened and this happened, that's what it is. Like, I'm not over-exaggerating. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it's funny that you mentioned that because after you see Jackie Chan, you would go through this tunnel. Um, and then your agent comes up and reminding you, don't be late. Um, and I want you to imagine these, like, pretty, like, burly hairy arms and then a really cartoon puppet face Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but the Mm -hmm. arms are like a real humans oh wow um weird yeah really great visual there and the third showroom is bel-air where you see drew carey fanning tickets of star maps so you're really well there you go Yeah. yeah and and with drew carey doing that and he's like you know they're like drew carey like can we see your house and there's this really corny um I'm going to call it a hype video advertisement of when they were releasing uh, Disney's California Adventure. They had like Rose O'Donnell and Drew Carey um, go on the attractions and experience them and they videotaped them and they looked miserable on like, (laughs) like they don't even look like they're happy to be there. Yeah. Um, But they're trying, like they're trying to put up a happy face. And so at this point um, there's going to be some of those like pop up, Mr. Toad kind of characters were straight up a wooden cutout mm-hmm. um, of a bunch of people who are trying to get you to sign advertising deals. Okay. Just like a classic LA stuff, walking around, people come out with contracts asking you to sign it. I was like, that would be great. Sure. <laughs> I'd love that. Thank you. <laughs> uh, Hollywood's um, changed a lot, Kelly. Yeah. It's not the I same guess industry so. 20 years later. Dang. Um, and then, oh, wow, it is 20 years later. Whoa whoa that's crazy um and then you're gonna go through a third tunnel where your agent is checking in again seeing what you're doing and then this scene now we're in malibu uh where it says 
the beautiful can get more beautiful. Uh, sure. Uh, yeah. Uh, I don't know. Malibu is very expensive. I guess. <laughs> I guess is it just because like if you can afford to live here, then uh, you don't have to do actual work, so you're just going to get more beautiful. And you can afford to do whatever you want. Um, there also is a big sign that says Muscle Beach, which is in Venice, so they're lying to you. Mm-hmm. And and then there's Cher standing there, and she looks super unhappy. Yeah, I, I, I've heard that. I, do you think it's just like a, they just did a bad job with their uh, not animatronic representation of her? Or do you think they're really trying to get at something? I don't know. That's a good question. Like, maybe there's a whole conspiracy about how, like, Disney, like, Cher didn't have a choice and she really didn't want to be a part of it. So they're like, we're going to make her look mad. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, I'll be on it under one condition. I'm not going to look happy about it. (laughs) I don't want to be happy to be there. (laughs) I do feel like she's probably, like, the most famous of the people that uh, are, are on this attraction. Right? I mean, Regis... And we haven't gotten to I, who I do think might. Okay, mm, okay. I don't know. Let's let's continue on and we'll find out. Sure. Um, then uh, after you see Cher, you enter Superstar Studios and it has like a big gate. Um, the only studio that kind of has a gate like that is Paramount. It has this beautiful gate. And so I feel like it's hinting to that. But for some reason, this one still feels like a horror film movie gate i don't know (laughs) um and when you enter you do encounter some paparazzi very little they did put them in there but you know in a very small way Uh, and you then you see screenwriters and pas and they all look super evil and like not happy and it feels like the scene from hell um in mr toad's wild ride oh interesting like it has that like weird vibe um but you're in the studio, and finally, 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 you've made it to the big premiere where Whoopi Goldberg greets you, and there's thousands of adoring fans, and, you know, you're feeling like a superstar, which you finally enter your last tunnel where your agent tells you one more time that you are, in fact, a superstar. Yeah, it feels like they were, like, so scared at this point to, like, have anything that was kind of controversial, which is understandable given the events of the time as we discussed that they were like, we just have to lean super into everything is pretty positive and, you know, it's just about becoming a superstar. And, right. You know, it, it, sit in this limo for two minutes and then at the end of it, you're a superstar. Great. Oh, my God. I hope it wasn't two minutes. That would feel so long. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I don't well, know. So, yes, the attraction opened in February 8th, 2001. It it wasn't great. So January 11th, 2002, less than one year after it opened, Superstar Limo closed. <laughs> I, yeah, uh, it's one of those ones where, like, look, I think that there's some some things in life that are so bad that they're good. And then there's some things in life that are so bad that they're just bad. And, and you know, I, I like to be contrarian, as we've mentioned earlier sometimes. I like to find the things that are like, well, this isn't great. Uh, but I'm enjoying it for the aspects it brings to the table. Like a lot of bad thriller movies, I will watch almost any bad thriller movie. Um, this doesn't even feel fun in the way where it's like enjoyable to go on because it's so bad. It just feels dull and boring. And that and that's that's a thing you can't have. You can't have a boring ride. Yeah, I agree. And apparently so did a lot of other people because um, when they decided to close the ride, they didn't actually have an idea for a replacement yet. They just knew that guests would be happier visiting Disney's California Adventure if they never had to go on this attraction again. It's very funny. Um, <laughs> and that is a fact. 
Um, at the opening of the park, you know, they how they do those guest surveys, those people. Um, yeah. And at this one, at California Adventure, they would like honestly kind of harass the people coming in like hey hey we need you and um only 20 percent of people said that they enjoyed their time at the park and that um at the park as a whole not just this attraction yes wow and almost all of the negative reviews every single one uh brought up the limo ride well it feels like a waste of time right like, i don't know what the line was probably wasn't very long because it's not very well, good but at the same it, time like yeah go yeah you don't want to dedicate part of your day to something that is just dull and boring. It's going to make your whole experience feel worse. I mean, people are waiting line 30, 45 minutes for this attraction. There's not a ton of attractions at California Adventure at this right. time. So you're going to wait. And people would come off and, like, were more upset than when they went on it. Nah. Well, that, yeah. <laughs> it people, makes sense then that they shut it down. I mean, it's kind of crazy to think because Disney hates wasting space like that. There was nothing there. It sat there for four years, completely empty. There were some of ideas of what they were going to do with it. Um, some of one of the ideas that I actually like is it would be Goofy's Superstar Limo, where Goofy would be driving you around Hollywood, and you would see a bunch of the classic Disney characters. Um, and they would do this by you know all of the Disney stores around the country, like the Disney yes. Store, mm -hmm. which now is actually kind of sad to bring up because they they close most of them. Um, but they would take like a hundred Disney figurines that were in those different stores and put them in the ride. But I, I could see like that being kind of a fun, like seeing maybe Minnie as the starlet and like, yeah, you know, Pete as like the gross agent. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I can see how that would be more fun than, uh, than what it was. Right. Yeah. Um, another idea was that they were going to slowly introduce Muppet characters to this ride. And the idea would be that the Muppet characters would be doing construction while they were actually doing construction to the ride and renovating it with the Muppets kind of taking over the ride, and eventually it would be a full reno of the ride. It would be Miss Piggy's Superstar Limo. See, I, I think that's a fun idea because it gives me a reason to want to go on it and see the changes. It's like, well, you know, this quarter we've got Kermit in here doing X, Y, and Z, and the next quarter we've got Kermit and so-and-so. Like, that sounds fun. Yeah, I think that they think of those ideas a lot. I think using the Muppets, um, that wasn't the first time that they thought of them, like, kind of renovating and, like, keeping it going. I would have loved to actually see them go through with it. I think that could have been cool, too. Yeah. Um, but in 2005, after Eisner had stepped down as CEO, a $1.5 billion update was given to Disney's California Adventure. And that is when they decided to finally do something with Superstar Limo and make it Mike and Sully to the rescue. Right. And if you have listened to our Mike and Sully to the Rescue episode, um, you'll find that we are like uh, kind of meh about that attraction all, as a whole. I think it's really cute. But That's fine. I also but, but it's not like it's not like they like hit it out of the park. It's like they they did a they did a good job of retheming it and they've made it like a fun thing to go on with people that are big fans of the property. Um, it's no longer going to be a thing. If I go on it, I'm going to leave feeling worse uh oh, yes. before i went on it but i'm not gonna go out of my way to go on it but like they found a, a way to utilize that space it's a filler ride yeah yeah it's definitely a filler ride um but it is really cute um and one of the things that they did do even though they invested 1.5 billion dollars which is so much money um into this one park they did need to save co costs as much as they possibly could so when they did superstar limo they were able to reuse a lot for Mike and Sully. 
Right. So this is kind of our like hidden Mickey Easter egg section um, where you can find all of these different characters today when you ride Mike and Solly and you can see the pieces of Superstar Limo. It is funny because like, even though, as you said, they had a lot of money to spend on it, they're like, well, we got a perfectly good Drew Carey guy here. Let's just, let's find a way to repurpose it. (laughs) It's, they, they really like, and because all of these like CDA characters are dressed in just like huge jumpsuits, jumpsuits of yellow. Right. Um, yeah, you can pretty much do whatever. Could be anyone um, under there. It could be. Um, the first part that is reused is the the Los Angeles cityscape that you would see. It was repainted to have that opening credits feel of the film with the doors. I really think that's cute. It fits yeah. that theme much more. Yeah, I mean, there's, I, look, I mean, I think, you know, there's some that uh, are bad repurposings of things, but, like, repurposing things in general isn't necessarily an inherently bad idea. And this right. one kind of works. Drew Carey is there, um, not passing out uh, star maps anymore, but passing out brochures for the the missing child. <laughs> oh, okay. So, like, little, like, yeah, uh, watch yeah, out for this. Missing, yeah, chi- missing child about. Yeah, it's like a C, like a CDA little guy, but yeah, holding brochures. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Cindy Crawford is going to now be one of the CDA guys who's decontaminating guests as you roll through, mm-hmm. making sure you know we're not getting any kid germs as we go through Monstropolis. Then you're going to see the Tim Allen character, and he's like in a position where, if you look at him the way he was like holding his hands and his legs doing the stand up, it's the same uh, figurine, and yeah. that's what's usually going to give it away is their shape. Um, or what they're doing. Yeah, because it's like, it's, again, because these weren't an, uh, like animatronics. They couldn't really move around a lot, so they just had to keep the same form, basically, and just re-clothe uh, them to where they look yes. like uh, that they are other characters. What The one that's hardest to find is going to be Whoopi. Um, she, the only thing that gives it away is her bent knees. She had, like, the character had a unique way she was standing with her knees bent. Mm-hmm. So that's how you can see her. The easiest to find is that a cda guy um is like karate kicking 100 percent. it's just like oh and this one's doing a karate kick i wonder who just, that was yeah so that's jackie chan um and then uh the one that i think is probably the coolest and the most work went into it would be regis philbin was uh redressed to be randall boggs which is that's like a big one yeah they did, they did a thing with that one. That's good. I like that part of the ride, actually, when Boo is, like, hitting him with a baseball bat, and he keeps changing into all his different skins. That is probably my favorite part of that, and the door room are probably my favorite parts of the... Oh, the door room is thing. really yeah. good. Yeah. I mean, overall, they did a lot of really good things with Mike and Sully. It fits in well, I think, with what they do with some of the other more traditional uh, kind of dark rides like if I think like you know Little Mermaid is a little similar in this way too where it's like here it feels like you're in the you're in the movie and here's your favorite <laughs> parts of the movie enjoy it it's a nice quiet like probably a short line if you're looking to fill some time uh, you want to sit down maybe in the little air conditioned area for a little bit I do think that it is a it's a fun way to spend some time with the characters you like on the monsters from the Monsters Inc. universe oh yeah I agree I agree uh, it's probably better than the real universe of these Hollywood uh, actors and personalities that people just don't like. I don't if if you brought that. I wonder if a five year old, even in two thousand one, would know who any of those people were. Maybe I Jackie mean, Chan. 
That's a great question. I think the answer is it may be Whoopi too, because she's still doing stuff. And Whoopi. Um, but like outside of that, it's like, ah, okay. Um, I think I think having the IP in there is is not just the IP of Monsters Inc., but like if they had gone the other direction done like Disneyland IP or Disney characters or Muppets, like then you're at least getting that like you could do a fun Muppets take over Hollywood, this is the ride kind of thing. Yeah, it's kind of fun. Yeah, I think that would be really funny. And it would kind of be like a jungle cruise type situation where you're almost making fun of yourself and that's what makes it okay right instead of being like we're cool and we get the inside jokes like mike like not mr michael eisner but like the idea of like what like the original dream one jerks. was <laughs> right <laughs> right yeah because people would be like oh i bet that's about katzenberg no one's thinking that so yeah i would recommend when you go on uh, mike and solly look for these characters because it does make it even more fun to go through and then they're not they aren't just like weird yellow figurines there's more to them i mean that and you can even like look up on online too like pictures where they're like this is this person and this is their their uh cda character and you can see see it right there which is kind of fun okay so as i mentioned previously i could not find a yelp i did i well that's not true i did find two yelp pages for superstar limo but they were companies uh called superstar limo um where they rented (laughs) out limos and none of the reviews were funny but they were all very bad (laughs) so i chose (laughs) not to not to do it on that one but i did find some uh, but I did find some reviews, uh, some quotes uh, from reviews about the attraction when it came out. Um, okay. So this is actually from Walt Disney Imagineering Chief Creative Executive Bruce Vaughn. Um, and he says it in the Disney Plus docuseries, The Imagineering Story, which we have uh, watched some of and talked about a little bit. Um, he said, and I and I bring this up for a specific reason. He said, you end up with Princess Diana dying right away. Right midway while the project is being installed and suddenly paparazzi are like this that's a really bad theme and what i want to say is bruce it's not the paparazzi that says it's a really bad theme it was a bad theme <laughs> don't put it on the paparazzi come on man it you, you know it's bad timing yeah it's not really your fault but like yeah don't put it off on the paparazzi saying right. that that's a, they're not canceling it it's a, everyone being like this isn't a thing we want to do right now um but then he goes on to say, you're almost done. What are you going to do? So now it turns into, you're going to be a star, and it just didn't work. Fair. Uh, the at other... least he knows. <laughs> exactly. At least, at least. And I think that that's, you know, this was an Imagineer that was working on it. And like we said, like, I feel like everyone kind of felt like, well, we don't really have any other options. We're going to make the best of a bad situation, and we're going to try this, even though it's probably not great. Um, right. The, the best quote that I found about uh, Superstar Limo in, in a review form was, from the Longview Daily News in Washington State. It said, the space would be better devoted to something more entertaining, such as an audio-animatronic dentist doing root canals on all <laughs> Imagineers who came up with the idea for Superstar Limo. Burn the ride to the ground and start over. Ah! What? So pretty, pretty, uh, oh. pretty aggressive, but uh, funny. Wow, that's good. That's yeah. they, That person had strong feelings about it. They did, they did. Um, so... Uh, since this is a ride that is no longer in place, we can't ask all the same questions that we typically would, but I do like to ask, uh, should they bring Superstar Limo back even, uh, you know, typically I like to say for a year, but I'll say even in a limited capacity, should they bring it back? I would go, I'd want to experience it just to like say I did it, but no, they should never do that. Yeah. Like I. I think Disney files like you, people that are really obsessed with Disney, would love to go on it. Someone that is a casual Disney goer like me, like I don't, I don't, 
and I love to do that. I love exclusive stuff. It would be fun to be like, yeah, I went on it one time. I have no interest. (laughs) No, it really, it would more to be like, wow, that was really that bad. Like that was, I wanted, I want to see how bad that was for myself. I can watch the videos, which even when I'm watching the videos, I'm like, this is like eerie and weird and gross. Like it made me feel icky. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. If they did bring it back though, uh, what would you change about it to make it more fun? I'm going to go with picking one of the ideas that they did think about. And I think it could be fun to have Goofy as the limo driver. I would add some speed to it. And I think it would be fun to have the Disney characters be the stars. And then some of, and maybe it's like Pete is trying, you know, is the bad agent and he's trying to ruin your day. And he's like messing with things. Like I could see that being really fun and cute. That would be fun and cute. I like that idea. I think that's the right one. Here's what I'm going to suggest. And I'm just, I'm freewheeling right now. So let's see where this goes. I think let's get a real accurate representation of what it's like to try to become a star in Hollywood. So it's just like, you go, you're in it and your agent's like, hey, I'm your agent. Um, Also, who are you again? (laughs) And it just gets, yeah, I'm not going to go that way. I don't, wait, I don't have a better I'll, idea. I'll, I'm going to pause. I'm gonna, no, I'm going to pause you, Will. You yeah, just yeah. even saying that is giving me anxiety. I could tell. That, that sounds that's, like that's the worst. I was like, I'm not going to. We'll leave no, all this in. But that, yeah, I, I feel like the, I feel like let's get a more realistic version the, of what the everyone actors, actually experiences. The jadedness that comes with being in L.A. for so long. Exactly. Um, oh. Then at least it might be so bad it's good. Oof, I don't, I think, I think it would, it, it would be like when I watched La La Land and yeah. I was like, yeah, I can see the, I, I was crying. I was so mad and upset because I was like, this is a lie. This <laughs> exactly. is a lie. And neither of these actors have ever known what it's like to struggle. They've been famous their whole lives. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. I don't care if he learned to play one song on the piano. <laughs> <laughs> it's so hard. Um, yeah. So that's my version of Superstar Limo. I wow, just honestly, just my nightmare. I love it. Great. No, it's great. It's great. <laughs> if that's uh, your nightmare. Yeah, no. <laughs> Boo. Boo transition, Will. Uh, <laughs> um, you don't understand how excited I was to get to talk about this. This is a ride I am fascinated by. It's partially why I'm fascinated with Michael Eisner. I just think that this is like what 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 happened, you know? So crazy. It'll get to come up a little bit again when we do do ha, do do. Um, it's a that's a friend's joke too. <laughs> I'm on a friend's like Chandler goes in for a job interview and like he laughs at do do and yeah it's a thing. But when we get to do the episode about California Adventure, we'll get to revisit this for a second. So I'll be happy. But uh, I'm really really glad we got to do this. Yeah, it is a fun little blip in the disney park history that um i think is it's a fun fact for everyone to kind of know it's like did you uh, did you know that they once had a, like a paparazzi uh ride basically uh fun fun, fun to know that it had that it existed that it yeah um if you ever wrote it please let us know because i want to hear everything um you can reach out to us on all our social media at slice of disney on instagram and facebook slice underscore of underscore disney 
on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, or if you just want to find, you know, one spot to find all of our stuff, sliceofdisney.com. Um, I think we have links to our socials there. We obviously have links to our Patreon there. If you want to check out our Patreon-exclusive episodes, we just recently did one that was a lot of fun around uh, creating our own custom um, Disney rides. Uh, Superstar Limo did not make it into our Disney parks that we created. Oh, yeah, you know what? Darn, darn it. But uh, but we'd had some other, other fun ideas. Um, in fact, I think a... Uh, rebrand of the haunted mansion that i did was a uh, very cool so i'm gonna give myself <laughs> props for that i had multiple uh messages on our on our instagram referring to one of the name that i named my restaurant <laughs> great i've not seen those yet i uh i'm excited to hear them um so yeah thank you so much for listening um you guys are all superstars uh, and we'll talk to you soon okay bye